And this is uh, Second Chronicles chapter 7. We've been in a series called This is a Move. This will be my last week on this. And uh, we'll start next week with a new series and the word of the Lord for the year. And I'm really excited about that. But Second Chronicles 7, 15. Now my eyes, this is God. God's speaking. By the way, God does speak. And God is speaking in this text. And he's speaking to you right now. And this is God's word about his house. Catch this. This is what God says about his house. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Everyone say this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple. Everyone say this temple. So that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. That's what God says about his house. My eyes will be there and my heart will be there. And I want to share a little bit of vision and I want to encourage you, build your faith and inspire you for next week. And uh, as we go to two campuses and as we believe God for this year. And so I want to preach uh, to you just for a couple of minutes from this subject. Who will be at church next week? Who will be at church next week? Who will be at church next week? Um, Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Speak now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, I'm going to be in church next week. Tell him that I'm going to be in church. I'm going to be in church. Look at one more person. Look at one more person. Tell him, you are losing weight. For sure, you are losing weight. You are. For sure. Somebody look at this preacher and tell him, preacher, you're losing weight. You're losing weight. Tell me, prophesy. Tell me. How many want me to do push-ups? Ah, no, just kidding. Okay. Um, I want to answer this question. I want to give you three simple points tonight uh, that are really going to build your faith. I pray they do. And, and by the way, before I, I'm going to talk about church tonight. I'm not talking about church because there's people here. It's January. You're, you're, you're back in church maybe or you're trying out church. This is, this is not a, a guilt message for you. This is to build faith for people who have been in God's house, I just want to remind you how powerful this gathering is, okay? And that's why I'm doing this. Uh, point number one, if you're taking notes tonight, write this one down. God's people, God's people will be in church next week. Wow, I love this. Uh, let, me, let me just start by saying this. I love podcasts. I love YouTube. I love Christian books. I love technology. I love Christian television. I thank God that um, tomorrow at 8 a.m., this sermon will be on YouTube. At 8 a.m., this will drop on podcast. I thank God that this week thousands of people will watch this sermon around the world and uh, thousands of people will listen to this message on podcast. I, I thank God that maybe on a Wednesday and you're feeling a little tired and you're, on the, you're in the hump day and you're just needing a little faith lift, you can listen to a sermon. You can not just listen to me, you can listen to your favorite preacher. You can throw on some Stephen Furtick or some... Joel Osteen, some Bishop Jakes, whatever, whatever you like. It's, it's all online. It's all on YouTube. And, and I thank God for that. I thank God for technology. But I just want to tell you tonight that there is nothing that can replace God's people gathering in God's house. Can I just, can I just say it? Can I just say it? Can I just, can I be a little old school tonight for all you youngins? For all you Gen Xers? Can I just tell you there is nothing like gathering with the people of God. That is actually what church means. 
Church is a Greek word, ekklesia, that means the gathering of the saints. Literally, the word picture is that people leave their home and they gather in a public space for worship. That is what church is. Well, Javen, I am the church. No, you're not the church. You are not the church until you gather with other Christians. Well, I'm the body of Christ. No, you're not. You're a part of the body of Christ. But you are not the body of Christ until you gather with other Christians. What is powerful about believers is when we come together. Everybody say together. together. Okay, so I just want to make this clear because I thank God for technology. But I also want to make it very clear that there is just something powerful about gathering together. Now look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. We arrived in Macedonia and there was no rest for us. Paul says, we face conflict from every direction. Battles on the outside, fear on the inside. Paul says, I was struggling. Paul says, I was hurting. Paul said, everywhere I turned, I was in conflict. Everywhere I turned, there was drama. Everywhere I turned, something was going wrong. And not only was it happening on the outside, but frankly, I gotta be real with you, it was creeping in on the inside. I had conflict on the outside, but I had fear on the inside. Verse six, but... God. Now, he did not say, but God told me you need to pray in tongues more. But God told me you need to read the Bible more. But God told me you need to give more. Amen. I like that one. But God sent an angel of the Lord to visit me in the middle of the night. But God uh, ministered to me by the power of the Holy Spirit. But no, he, Paul didn't say any of that. He, he said, I was struggling and I was hurting and I was fearful and I was discouraged. But God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. I don't know if you just heard what I said. Paul said, I was hurting, I was broken, I was fearful, I was discouraged and God gave me a friend. God gave me a brother. God gave me a homie. God gave me a sister. God gave me a pastor. God gave me a small group leader. God gave me a person. God put a person in my life to encourage me, to speak life into me. And when I was discouraged and when I was downcast and when I was hurting, God ministered to me, but he ministered to me through the body of Christ. Let me tell you why we must gather. Let me tell you why I need you here every Sunday that you're home because something powerful happens that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, you can find encouragement, you can find strength, and you don't just find it in God, but you find it in God through the people of God. Because what God does, God does through his people. You can't escape it. I want you to have a personal relationship with God, a a secret place with God, a personal prayer time with God. I want you to have that. But friend, there is something powerful about the gathering. I want you to listen to a podcast today. I want you to listen to a sermon today on YouTube. I would love that. I think all of that's good. I'd love for you to read Christian books and I definitely want you reading the Bible. But God comforts the downcast and he comforts us by sending a person into our life. As I've said so many times, when the devil wants to destroy your life, he sends a person. And when God wants to bless your life, he sends a person. That's just how God does it. And that's how the enemy does it. And that's why church is so important because every time we, you never know 
the power of a gathering. Check this out on the screen. The reason we need you in church is because sometimes you will need a Titus and sometimes you will need to be a Titus. You never know when someone walks in that lobby and you just smiling. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, are you alone? You want to sit with me? Oh, yeah, okay. Hey, what are you up? Hey, you want to, what, what are y'all doing after church? You want to go out to eat? You never know. You never know that small group gathering that could change your life. You never know that church service that could change your life. You never know when God's going to use somebody to change your life. This is why church is so, I'm, I'm a, y'all, I'm just going to tell you I'm a church fanatic and I ain't, I ain't going to stop. I believe in the church. I didn't start a ministry. We planted a church. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a church. I got saved in the church through a preacher, by the way. I got called in a ministry in the church through a preacher. I got filled with the Holy Ghost in a church through a preacher. I met my wife in church. Well, she was the preacher. Amen. Where that girl at? Hey, good. I was leading worship. She was on the front row going, hey, what you doing, man? And I said, girl, you preaching to me. And I was 17, and she was 15. And 17 years later? No. 19 years later. Let's go, girl. Give me some. Dad back. Still love that girl. Let me just tell you, I love the church. We got married in the church. We, I love the church. And, and God has used people in the church to change my life. We believe in this. We, and God's people gather. And there's something powerful when the people of God gather. Look at Matthew 19, excuse me, 18 verse 19. I tell you this, the words of Jesus if two, or, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Jesus is not saying that you cannot pray alone. But he is saying there is power. Right. Supernatural power when we agree. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 30. One can chase a thousand, two, ten thousand. Think about that. The Bible did not say one can chase a thousand, two, two thousand, two, ten thousand. Because when you gather, we multiply. When we gather, we multiply. Something powerful happens when we gather. And that's why I want you in church. And maybe you're here today and you're giving church another shot. Thank you. But if you're looking for the perfect church, it doesn't exist. Yeah, if you're looking for the perfect preacher, he doesn't, she doesn't exist. If you, if you think you found the perfect church, don't go to it. You'll mess it up. Uh, you got to be in church. And, and, and let me say it like this. I don't want to be legalistic, but if you're home, come to church. I understand it. If you're sick, don't come to church. If you got the flu, stay home. If your little kids got the flu, keep them at home. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but, but if you're home and you're healthy, come to church. I understand there, there might be an activity going on. There might be a family thing going on there. You might be over in, in California. You might be visiting family. Somebody you might be out there. I get it. But if you're home, you get to church. That, that's what I'm saying. 
And you make church a priority. And you go when you want to go and you go when you don't want to go. And you go when, you're, when you feel like going and you go when you don't feel like going. It, it, is, it is a delight, but it is a discipline. And you just choose to be in God's house. I'll never forget a husband woke up one morning and he looked at his wife and he said, I'm done. I ain't going back to church. I hate it. And she said, you're going to church with me. He said, no, I'm not. I don't like the people. Those people don't like me. I don't like the building. I don't like the music. I don't like anything about that church. I don't even know why I go. I'm done with that church. And she said, baby, you are going with me and the kids to church now. And he said, you give me one good reason why I ought to go to church with you and the family. And she said, because you're the pastor. Can I tell you, in two years of doing this, there's been times that my wife and I have looked at each other and said, we're the pastors. We got we to gotta go. We got to go. We got to go. And we just keep showing up. And you know what's amazing? You know what's amazing, though? And then we come and we go, oh, my God, we love this place. We love these people. We love. You just keep showing up. Just keep, just keep showing up. Church is powerful. Churches where the people of God gather. Number two, though, who's going to be in church next week? Number two, the lost. The lost. I know that's a sobering statement. I know that's a sobering word, lost. Maybe I could have used people who are on a journey, people who are seeking, people who are trying to figure out their faith. But in reality, if we could just use Bible words, and I think I should as a Bible preacher. The Bible says that Without Jesus, we're lost. The Apostle Paul said it like this. We are dead in our transgressions and sins without Jesus. Jesus came and he said this in Luke 19.10. I've come to seek and save the lost. Not those who are on a journey. The lost. Can I tell every Christian in the room, if you're a Christian, can I see your hand if you're a Christian? You did not find Jesus. You didn't know where to look. And frankly, you weren't looking. Because dead people ain't looking for nothing. The Bible says that before Christ, we are dead in our sins. We are blind, we are deaf, and we are mute. We have a heart of stone. But by the grace of God, Jesus shows up at our tomb like Lazarus. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. And he raises us from spiritual death. And he gives us John 10, 10, life and life more abundantly. And without Jesus, we are hopelessly lost. But with Jesus, we are gloriously saved. And the reason we do this week in and week out and the reason we do eight Christmas services and the reason we do multiple campuses and the reason we had people for 10 hours yesterday on a Saturday setting up Silverado is because we care about lost people because life is short, eternity is long and what we do on this planet matters. Let me remind you of our vision. It's to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Maybe I'll take a whole Sunday and just preach this one day, but let me just focus on number one for a moment. We're here. We're here. City Light is here for people to know God. What does that mean, preacher? It means every time we gather, I promise you, your friends will be given an opportunity to meet Jesus Christ. If we have a women's meeting, we're going to lead people to Christ. We have a men's meeting, we're going to lead people to Christ. We have a youth night, we're going to lead people to Christ. We have a special Sunday night meets Friday night, we're going to lead people to Christ. 
We do a prayer meeting, we're gonna lead people to Christ. We're gonna do breakthrough part two this summer, we're gonna lead people to Christ. Yo, that's happening. If, sorry, just plug real quick, my bad. If we, uh, we do Sunday morning, we're gonna lead people to Christ. We want people to know God. And let me also tell you, especially for you who are real churchy, and maybe you're a, you know, well, you're just real churchy. Um, we don't do three-hour services around here. We don't do four-hour services. We don't, and I grew up with that. And I, and I actually thank God for it because it really impacted me, but, but you couldn't bring an unsaved person into that setting because it was crazy. <laughs> like it was in church till people were falling out, speaking in tongues, tambourines a-shaking, flags a-waving, people rolling around. I mean, we were lit, y'all. <laughs> And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm actually, I actually thank God for it. But our church couldn't grow. Because <laughs> you couldn't invite, you couldn't tell your friend about church. Because it would take you three hours just to explain the three-hour service. So the pastor's going to get up and we go, you know. I mean, it was crazy. It was, lit. It was wild. And, and, and so we don't do that. And some of you go, Jabin, we need to go deeper. Can I tell you something? You have seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and you can go as deep as you want. But the reality is when people say that, they don't want to go deeper. They just want church the way they want church. Here's what they're really saying. When people say we want to go deeper, they're saying we want you to cater your service to me, not to a lost person. That's what they're really saying. We, we want to soak, <laughs> marinate, pickle. I don't know what you do. We just want to soak in the presence. For sure. Do that at home. For sure. But like you can't bring an instrument in here. Amen. You ain't going to bring your tambourine or your guitar or anything else. Or your flags. Or, and I love you because I was raised with you. And I thank God for you. And I was you. How many would like to see me with a flag, though, for real? Though? Just, just praising the Lord. Okay. That was as close as you're going to get. But we're not going to create a service for Christians. The other day, someone walked into the, to the lobby and the service was already packed and the lobby was already full and they were going to have to sit in overflow and they go as loud as they could well I guess we'll just go to and they named another church and I thought you religious devil <laughs> homegirl we ain't here for you we ain't here for the church shopper looking for the right seat. We are here for the lost. We are here for people who are far from God. We are here for people that have never experienced the love of Jesus. I am not here for the person that if they can't get a seat here, they'll go get a seat over there. They'll get you a seat over there. Have fun over there. We're trying to reach people. We're trying to love people. We're trying to encourage people. If you're too cool to sit in that seat, you're too cool for us. You're just too cool for us. Yeah, yeah, go watch the YouTube on Monday. You're too cool for us. Because we're just, we're just, we, life is short, eternity is long. 
We're trying to reach people. Why wouldn't a believer walk in and go, oh my gosh, it's, it's 10 till and you're already packed? This is a move. What a blessing to be a part of this. I, I came early and I still got to sit in overflow. Thank God. Oh my God, I get to be a part of a church like this. That's what you should say. Well, Jabin, that's easy for you to say. You, already, you always have a seat. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but guess what? It would be very easy for me to just pat myself on the back and have this little packed service every Sunday night. So you know what we're doing? We're starting another campus. We're giving more opportunity because we really care about the loss. And that is a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of serve team putting in heart and soul. What a blessing that we're able to do that because we're doing this for the lost. So we are not catering to charismaniacs. We are not catering to Pentecostal culture. We're here. I want, I want you to bring any friend you got at any, at any time you can bring them to church and you can be confident that they're gonna hear the clear message of Jesus. And pastor isn't gonna get on a soapbox. Pastor isn't gonna go crazy about politics. Pastor isn't gonna lose his mind talking about something and you're gonna have to interpret the whole meeting for them. I pray that we're, we're always gonna be about knowing God so that you can bring anybody at any time. And I, and I, and I get that, that, man, we get pushback on that. Even, even when I say it, I think sometimes, especially if you're part of, of my upbringing, you're like, oh, we don't wanna quench the spirit. We're not gonna quench the spirit. The Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, is to draw people to Jesus and lift up Jesus. Not for you to just get tongues and pray loud in a service and distract people. Can I teach the Bible in this place? So, I pray in tongues. I pray in tongues every day. I probably would feel pretty good saying what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14. I pray in tongues more than you all, because I do a lot. That's in the Bible for real. I do. I'm a, I'm a tongue talker. I, I pray in tongues over my wife, over my baby. I pray in tongues throughout the house. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys. But, but let me just say this. I, I, we're not going to allow a certain group of the spiritually elite to try to dictate these services where they get the attention. So we've had people walk in here and worship's going and they'll just break out in loud tongues, loud singing, and, and every eye just kind of, so well, hey, hey brother, hey sister, we love you. We just gonna need you to simmer. They don't come back. Because they don't go, oh yeah, for sure. Man, I just got so excited. I just love Jesus so much, but totally. Man, we're here, we're here to reach lost people. No, that's not what they say. They go, you're gonna tell me how to worship? <laughs> yeah, in here, yeah. In here, yeah. At home, no. You speak in tongues as loud as you want in your little apartment complex. Shake that whole thing. Freak out all your neighbors. But in here. I want you to be confident, number one, that we're always gonna be faithful because everything we do is with your lost friend in mind. I want you to know that. 
We, I mean, from every song to every expression, everything we do in this church, we are, we, I am every point I make, every time I hit humor, and you go, man, why is Jay been having to hit humor so much? Because I'm feeling the room, and I'm trying to make sure it's an easy room for people to receive. Everything we do is for you to bring friends to church. So now, so now listen, that's our commitment. Now I'm asking you to make that commitment and bring people to church. Our church cannot just grow because of Facebook ads or YouTube ads or, or Instagram ads. You've got to bring people with you. And, and the most rewarding thing in your church experience is when you bring someone to church and you watch them get saved, baptized, and discipled. Nothing will be more rewarding to you than that. Give me an amen, everybody. So listen, here's what you do. You invite them to church. You get a little invitation like this, and you don't just like leave it on the table and like, oh, look at that. Oh, oh it's an invitation. Oh, you should come. You look, you look right at them. You look right at your friend, and you go, I love you. And you know what? God loves you. And you know what? I know this is awkward, but you need to come to my church. It's awesome. Oh, I really like your church. You'll like my church. I don't really like preachers. You'll like that preacher. I don't really know about the music. Our music's awesome. Well, what about the kids' ministry? It's really great. You need to come. Actually, you are gonna, I'm gonna bring you. I'm gonna pick you up. You don't have a choice. And then you hand them the invite and they go, oh, okay, okay, what, okay. And then they come. You know what you do? You, you go to dinner and you got a great waiter, waitress, server, whatever. And you don't just leave this in the bill, though you can do that. But never leave it in the bill with like a dollar tip. Shame on you. All the sir, anyone who's worked in the restaurant industry, say amen. Okay. If you cannot tip, by the way, let me just get off. If you cannot tip 20%, you shouldn't even be going out to eat. Got a little tight in here when I talked about your gratuity, didn't it? Okay. Let me tell you what you do. You look right at that server and you go, hey, do you go to church? And they're probably gonna be like, well, yeah, sometimes, yeah, for sure, yeah, maybe, no. And they don't. Right? They're gonna say, yeah, 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 I go to Central. And then you're gonna say, oh, man, we love that guy. Yeah, yeah, Jed. No, it's Judd. You don't go enough. You don't, it's Judd, right? Because they don't really go, but they gotta, ah! And you go, you need to come to my church. It's awesome. And they go, and they can't, they're not going to be like, no, leave me alone. They're, they're working for a tip, so they're going to be like, yeah, we would love to go. And then you give them an invite, and they get this invite, and they put it in their pocket, and it's going to haunt them. And you're going to go, you would just love our church. It's so amazing. I really think you would love it. Man, I just want you to know Jesus loves you, and man, we just would love for you to come to church. That's it. Is it awkward for you? Totally. Is it out of your comfort zone? For sure. But then you do it, and you say, ha, ah, and then it's over. And then you leave them a big old fat honking tip. And then when they open that bill, they go, oh, my gosh. I think God's calling me to that church. <laughs> and they come, and they show up. It's, it's so easy. And the church does not just grow like, it's not like our music's going to get better, and then more people are going to come. Our music's great. It's not like the preaching is going to get better, and then people are going to come. The preaching is, I mean, I, I don't... I think it's, no, but that wasn't even what I was saying. I ain't trying to like get better. 
No, but I want you to know, I'm not like, like, oh, I gotta get better, I gotta be even funnier, I gotta make even more faces. Like, I'm not, I am where I, I am what I am. The church will grow because the people of God go, we've got this short time on earth. And I wanna make an impact. And I wanna let everyone in my life know. Let me tell you, just one of the best ways that you can do this is just every time you go to church, you know what you need? Just post a little picture in your Instagram story. You don't even need to give me a mention. I don't care. You don't need to give the church a shout out. Just in church, love church. Oh, I love this song. And people will write you. What, where are you? I'm at church. That's a church? Yeah. Who, where, what, who is that guy? That's my pastor. What's his name? Jobin or Jabez or something. I don't know his name, but he's funny. Come on, somebody. Y'all, don't, y'all know you don't know my name. And so, say my name, say my And then, and you bring them. And it's a way to show influence. It's a way to get people to come. Okay, I'm done. Let me keep going. Jesus said this, John 9, 4, as long as it's day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Let me just say what Jesus is saying. He's saying we have this short little season of opportunity and we gotta use it for the glory of God. I love Leonard Ravenhill's quote about this scripture. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. We've got this little window of 80 years, 100 years, 120 years. I don't know how long we'll be on this earth. We have this little window. Let's use it for the glory of God. Can I get an amen, somebody? Number three, let me tell you who's gonna be here next week. Let me have the team come. God. God is gonna be at church next week. He's gonna show up in that high school auditorium just like he shows up every week right here. To God be the glory. God said in 2 Chronicles 7, 15, I've chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. Wait a minute, he said this temple and then he said forever. Here's what we know. That temple is gone. It was destroyed. They built another temple. That temple is gone. But God said forever, why? Because he was not talking just about a physical temple in Jerusalem. God was talking about the gathering of the saints. And he said, every time my people come together in worship, every time my people come together in prayer, every time my people gather together, God said, I will be there. My name will be there. My eyes will be on there. My heart will be in there. God says, when you gather, I promise you I'll gather with you. I won't just meet you there, I'll beat you there. And can I tell you, today, by the way, is our 99th Sunday. Next week will be 100 Sundays. We made it. Can I tell you, for 99 Sundays, Jesus has been faithful to meet us by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we were in a junior high, stinky, noisy, yucky cafeteria on metal folding chairs. Was anybody there? I don't know if anybody was there. A few of you were there. Okay. He showed up. There there may not have been a lot of people in the room, but he was there. Uh And then in September 2018, we moved into this room and he was here. 
we walked in one day, about 150 of us got on our hands and knees before there was carpet and we grabbed Sharpies and we wrote down scriptures and promises and, and we wrote down prophecies and dreams and we prayed. And from that very moment, he was here. And we had to go to three services and then four services. And we really should be at six services right now. We're just in denial. So we just pack people in like sardines. Amen. And, and now we're going to another campus and, and he's going to be there too because he said, he said, anytime my people gather, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I was driving on to Silverado High School this week with my daughter Goldie. As we pulled into the campus, I said, Goldie, she's three years old. I said, baby, this is our new church. And she goes, oh, dad, that's a school, not a church. Three. And I went, you know what, babe, you're right. I'm talking to her like she's 40, right? But she's three. I said, babe, you're right. It is a school. And then I just began to prophesy with tears falling down my face. And I said, but honey, something happens. When we gather every Sunday morning, that high school auditorium is going to become the temple of the living God. <laughs> and according to Genesis chapter 32, Jacob said, this is the house of God. It is the place, it is the gateway of heaven where angels ascend and descend. It is the place where God meets with his people. It is Bethel. So we'll gather. On Saturday night this week, there'll be a play. And on Sunday morning, that auditorium will turn in to the temple of the living God. God will meet us here. God will meet us there. And then we'll start another campus and God will meet us there. And then we'll start another campus and I'll have to preach this message again to remind us why we do what we do. And God will meet us there. And then we'll start another campus and God will meet us there. And then one day we'll start a dream center downtown and God will meet us there. And then one day we'll buy property where we can build a $20 million campus and God will meet us there. Some of y'all will go to that really big fancy campus and go, I kind of like the high school. So you'll go back to a high school campus because you like that better and God will meet you there. Because God said, if you'll gather, I'll gather. I love it. So that's who's going to be in church next week. I want to encourage you to come next week full of faith, believing God. I want you to bring a friend next week as we gather at Silverado for Sunday night. Maybe you're gonna be here in the morning, come here if you're gonna be there in the morning. Wherever, whatever service and location you find, come full of faith and you come with somebody. You watch what God will do in your life in Jesus' name.